Awesome. All righty, here we are again with AmeriCorps Connections, and I'm so excited I was able to wrangle in another AmeriCorps alumni. So um, it's not hard to do. We all want to get together and talk yeah. with each other. So it's been a lot of fun um, connecting. So welcome to AmeriCorps uh, AmeriCorps Connections. Um, this is where we get to catch up with AmeriCorps alumni reminisce about their service year and then also get to know what they're up to now. So I'm Nikki Fiaco and I'm a proud AmeriCorps alum from 2012, 2011 to 2012. I've uh, served in Maryland at the program Volunteer Maryland and now I'm just a passionate alumni nut that just really wants to pull together this network and um, just see what we can do and, and where we can go from here. Um, so before we get started, I did want to give the shout out to um, my... <laughs> My my producer that is help well he's not totally producing he's helping me, yeah. um, uh, Dan Medivir who is also an alumni um, an AmeriCorps alumni and his organization is called From Time or Money Productions and he is the one who has helped me make sure that this gets out on all of the platforms and thank you Dan for troubleshooting at like 11 o'clock at night on the east coast and he's in the west coast so he usually is coming in and I'm practically crying because I can't figure out how to do an edit and he's like <laughs> oh download the video then you can separate the mp4 I was like oh my god you're a genius so I wake up to his his genius in the mornings when Aww. he answers my my questions so anyways Dan Medivere from um Time or Money Productions thank you thank you and thank you for all the other alumni who have helped me troubleshoot through some things um I really appreciate it that's the only way we're gonna get this thing out but I'm getting better getting more efficient so um today we are here with alumni um Gia Gia Greer McGinnis. I did it. Yeah, I did it. Um, and she, uh, she was an AmeriCorps alumni VISTA, right? You served mm -hmm. in AmeriCorps VISTA. Yeah. Um, and your portfolio is just so steeped with um, your journey through academia, and you're mm -hmm. still in academia now. Yep. Um, so I'd love for you to kind of go through the process of how you how you got into your service and then what you're up to now and it's kind of cool as we have these conversations because our careers have kind of intersected in yeah, some ways yeah. <laughs> and we have um similar following and fun fact we're working together currently on a project that it will be taking off in june so very excited yeah. um, to have this conversation so gia take us on your journey. Yeah. Um, so thanks so much for having me. And this is a wonderful project that you're doing, just bringing AmeriCorps alums together, because there are so many of us around the country and around the world even. Um, but yeah. my journey into public service started, um, you know, after college. So I originally went to Washington College for environmental studies. And um, knew that I didn't really want to um, go right into a graduate program. Uh, up until then, during my four years of college, I was really into community service. So I worked at Washington College uh, in the Career Center as a work-study student, because that's where service learning was at the time, and was helping to like do campus-wide service programming and um, was really a service geek. And so it was through the Career Center that I learned about AmeriCorps and that people could do these kind of national service programs after college um, as a way of like, you know, just taking a gap. Um, so I said, that's what I'm gonna do before I go to grad school. And because I was an environmental studies major, 
I wanted something that would still help reinforce my career goals, almost like a, a short-term job, though it's not. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? Not, we don't say that. <laughs> it's not a job. Uh, <laughs> um, but I, I still want something that could help build my resume. Um, and so I specifically were searching the AmeriCorps website for environmentally related placements. Um, and VISTA was the one that I knew about. I eventually learned there were other branches of AmeriCorps, but VISTA was the one that um, I was told about. So I was looking at VISTA ones and I saw this one that was sponsored by the US EPA, which was a little unusual because most of them were in nonprofits. And this one was kind of a partnership between the US EPA and a nonprofit in DC called the Children's Environmental Health Network. And so I applied for it and I found out that the EPA at the time had other AmeriCorps placements that were all designed to run something called the Student Environmental Development Program, which was an EPA Region 3 effort to expose middle school students in, in cities in their region to environmental concepts. And mm. I thought, that's cool. Yeah, I thought, <laughs> um, that's cool. That's cool. Also, because I have been exposed to environmental education as a child, that's actually what got me motivated to go into the environmental field. So to me, it felt very full circle to work on a project with young people from urban areas that really didn't know much about the environment, but what a cool thing to expose them to. So I signed up and I went to Region 3 to interview. Uh, so I went to EPA Region 3 headquarters in Philadelphia for the interview. Oh, wow. and I met um, Larry Brown, who was working at the EPA at the time, and SCDP was his baby. And um, so I interviewed with him and I got the position. And so my placement wasn't in Philadelphia. It was actually in Washington, D.C., because... Um, he had formed a partnership with the Children's Environmental Health Network. So the on-the-ground partner for managing the logistics was the nonprofits, not the EPA. Um, okay. So he was very much in touch um, with me throughout the year. So mm -hmm. I went to work at um, the network and um, got to work with uh, the person who is still now the ED of the Children's wow. Environmental Health Network, though at the time she was the associate director um, in Seidu Obat Witherspoon, who's a big leader in the field, still going at the network. She's really great. Uh, and there was another VISTA place there as well. And our job was really to manage the program. So mm -hmm. we would recruit environmental professionals to give talks to the youth, um, they went to GW uh, every day for six, seven weeks. Uh, so we got to plan their field trips also. Mm -hmm. buses, um, and for the folks that didn't aren't on the East Coast, GW is George Washington yes. University. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yes. um, I know those acronyms well yes, now. <laughs> right. Yes, of course you did because you're. Yeah, I'm getting there. <laughs> um and so, yeah, it was just a great year and it was um, a good way to, again, like just reinforce my interest in the environmental field um, and work with another VISTA and also get to go to um, some hearings. So the network mm. was on Capitol Hill. I think it's still, the offices are still there. And so they would have um, participate in informational hearings on children's environmental health issues. So I would get to sit in and listen 
to those. So it was also a great exposure to policy issues, which wasn't wow. the placement, but it was kind yeah. of like a bonus the experience. Yeah. Right. And that, I, I think that that is like such a bonus to use your words of a service year is that like, there's a service that you're doing, but there's so much more yeah. involved in, in included in, you know, professional development opportunities yeah. to go to Capitol Hill, you know, even any AmeriCorps member can actually go down and, and educate yes. um, our politicians yes. on what Not AmeriCorps is. Educate. <laughs> never, never. Um, so that's, that's, was there anything during your service year that was really like an interaction with a, a youth or a speaker or something that just kind of knocked your socks off and you were like, okay, wow, this is, this is cool. Yeah. So the end of the program, so it's six, seven weeks, the youth are getting all these talks and going all these trips. And at the very end, they get to do this presentation at the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Training Center, which is this really awesome facility in West Virginia. And I remember, um, just listening to their presentations and watching these kids who didn't know anything about environmental issues, just kind of like stand up there and present to these officials. And wow. it was just, I just remember this one girl, like she was just like talking about sun safety and she was really owning and she knew it. She knew all the facts about sun safety. And she's like, just cause you're black doesn't mean you, you know, everyone needs sunscreen too. And yeah. I was like, that's right. <laughs> like, and that's so it. cool. Cause you yeah. were able to develop, you know, develop that in that per in and give them the opportunity to to learn and make those connections that's yeah. so powerful um do you still stay in contact with the vista that you worked with or no no so much? we went yeah. our separate ways so I, from there i went on to university of michigan and and then went on to another program as well so wow and is there anybody that was was there a challenging time during your vista program like I mean, let's not I, go off the rails. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think it was an interesting partnership. So it was still the EPA's kind of program, though the network was responsible for the logistics. And so um, at times you were kind of talking with the EPA person, mm -hmm. but still had on the ground things to do. And like the government yeah. had certain rules and just trying to navigate um government bureaucracy because at one point I think we got to help write a grant for them at one point and so it was learning about all that government bureaucracy stuff it was yeah it was interesting yeah and navigating the the two different because we always have well we're, we're never going to just be you know talking to one individual about one thing right. we have de several people that we're always accountable yes. for in our lives in our professional lives yes. even if you're a business owner right like yes you still have to whoever your service is going out to. So you had mentioned that after your, is there anything else that you wanted to point out or reflect on during your, during your Vista year? It was just awesome because the Children's Environmental Health Network, it's not like a mega big organization, like the mm -hmm. World Wildlife Fund. It's a relatively small nonprofit. It still is. Um, and so I got to see the inner workings of a small scale nonprofit. So I'm sharing the office with the Vista and then the person that did all the finances for the organization and mm -hmm. like just learning about money management like I because I could yeah. you know hear her talk about finances and things so it was really interesting just to get exposure to a small nonprofit environment also 
Yeah. It sounds like you had a lot of exposure to a lot of different things. Yeah. That's very, very, very cool and exciting and positioned you perfectly for what you've been doing in the right. last decade of your <laughs> life. So you mentioned you went to University of Michigan. That's where you got your master's, right? Yep. In- right. Yep. Right. So, um, and again, so this was kind of a gap, but I knew I wanted to go on for the master's. And I, at the time during my miracle year, I was also applying to graduate school and um, I eventually get into University of Michigan, and they have an environmental justice program. Okay. And so, um, and at the time, now, you know, environmental majors are now very popular at grad level, but at the time, there were only a couple of universities that had a formalized environmental justice program at master's level. So it wasn't actually the easiest thing to find back then. So Michigan had one of the first formalized environmental justice programs in the country. So a lot of the people like Paul Mohai and Josiah Taylor and all these kind of scholars in the field of environmental justice um, were working at Michigan at the time. Bunyan Bryant, um, you know, so people that know environment, you're like, yeah, mm-hmm, that's what you're like, I trust <laughs> you. That, like, um, but so it was kind of like, to like meet these people who were yeah. considered some of the original researchers in the field and to kind of, yeah and to kind of learn from them and and kind of learn about the historical background mm-hmm. of the movement of environmental justice and then while I was there um Michigan had two options for your master's opus you could either do a traditional research paper or you could work with a team and do a team-based project. So my team, we did an environmental justice assessment of Dearborn, Michigan, and worked with a nonprofit partner there to do that. So that was a really great, it was research, but it was practical for the partner. Um, So I left that program feeling like I didn't just do research to do research. It was kind of research in action and, and helping a community at the same time. That's such a great way of leave, like finishing out a, a, a you know, school, right? Like yeah. just leaving behind something that um, an organization can do something with. That's very exciting. Yeah. And it feels like, okay, I can go out and do, I do what, you know, put, put my money where my mouth is. Like I've done this yeah. before. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah. So University of Michigan, and then did you go to to Morgan or was that that wasn't that was, right away that right? was actually way later so I yeah, left yeah, yeah Michigan and um I took a lot of electives in public health while I was at Michigan because the program was flexible with your electives so a lot of people kind of subspecialized to their electives and mm-hmm. when I left a I had no idea I wanted to pursue more school that wasn't a plan <laughs> at the time I was so like I'm good yeah, yeah no it's actually literally like I'm good like I'm you know um, but I said, yeah, if I ever did go back, I'd go back for a public health degree because mm-hmm. I took all these electives and it was interesting. And, um, but I was just like, eh, you know, but I'm done with school. Right. So I really like, <laughs> I like how your the study of, uh, public health and environment is meshed. And I think, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to speak for you, but I feel like your Vista year was kind of that, like, oh, like this, yes. can, this can come together. Like I can be an expert in the field of environmentalism, yep. but it really has an impact on, on public health on yes. all these different ways. And I feel yeah. like right now is a time where we really need to know yeah. that. 
right? Yeah. Like we really need to know that the environment has a massive impact and yes. your zip code matters and yep. on, on your, on your health. Yep. So absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. And then, so we're and then is, so what did you do after? Right. <laughs> right. So, um, I leave, um, Michigan, I do a summer public service fellowship at something called public citizen, um, which was like a consumer watchdog organization in DC. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I start looking for a job and I was trying, I was aiming for like environmental nonprofits, like Sierra club or something like that. And I just had a really hard time finding a job. I don't know if it was the time of when I was looking, the recession, I don't know. But mm -hmm. um, eventually I just took a job at a, a water resources engineering firm called Tetra Tech. It was in Fairfax, Virginia. And also I split myself with another office in Owens Mills, Maryland, which for people who don't know, that's like oh, wow. a that's bad far. commute. <laughs> yeah. like a horrible commute. Like it the, is. traffic, it's the worst commute ever but um so I did it's like that. LA to San Diego <laughs> yeah 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 it was that's that was one of the big things about that job I did that for two years but it was it was cool and I actually intersected with EPA again so okay. um Tetra Tech had a public outreach division and the EPA was one of their biggest clients and I don't know if it still is but um so the EPA Office of Water um was one of their biggest clients so I did a lot of work with them. Um, they had me tied to a project on the Gulf of Mexico hypoxia issue um, in the Mississippi River watershed. And so I was flying up and down to help them stage public meetings, which at oh, the time had to be in person. There's no technology. Yes. This is before Zoom, everyone. This is like where you had to get the hotel. What year was this? Um, this was like, by now, this is like 05-ish, 05, okay. 07. Yeah. yeah. So this is before Zoom yep. and like public comment. Like you had to stage an in-person meeting and it had to be advertised in a newspaper a certain amount of is <laughs> back then. And so, you know, I basically would like stage these public meetings where okay. you had help, you know, work with the hotel and advertise the meeting and make sure their logistics for their speakers were fine and um, so I did that for a couple of years and then had to get out of it because I had my first child and it was just was impractical right with a, with a newborn to be traveling like that. Mm -hmm. Um so that's actually when I ended up at Johns Hopkins and I just kind of pivoted okay. out of um environmental work for a while into service learning, which is kind of yeah. the industry I'm in now. So and and you were at Johns Hopkins for a long time. You um, the, the Center for Social Concern. Um, you were there for quite some time, mm -hmm. right? So I end up at Hopkins, and at the time, I kind of thought, oh, I'll just do this for a couple of years until my son is older, and then I can kind of go back to environmental work. But I just kind of fell in love with working with college students and helping them kind of shape experiences and community engagement. And I just, it mm -hmm. kind of became my next career. Um, and just was there, I started out as an assistant director, became an associate director, um, and then left as an associate director, but got to help develop a lot of programs from scratch over the years. Mm -hmm. um, the Center for Social Concern started as an office of like three and a half. It was a very small office. And when I left, it had at least 11 employees. Wow. So it, you know, it kind of scaled over the years. So it was also mm -hmm. exciting to 
be a part of that organizational development story uh, and, and help as an organization grows with its staff and portfolio. That's exciting. I, when I was working with Volunteer Maryland, um, I connected with the Johns Hopkins Center of Social Concern, and we were just kind of, share, you know, we were, Volunteer Maryland was recruiting AmeriCorps alum, or AmeriCorps members, and this Center for Social Concern was, wanted their students to have that experience. Mm -hmm. So we were just kind of working, working in all angles that we could possibly to get yeah. um, students involved. Where did you have AmeriCorps members? We um, sure did. There? I was about okay. to say, we yeah. took advantage of, um, well, gosh, it was the Mid-Atlantic, well, no, campus it was Compact. Maryland Campus Compact, then it okay. was Atlantic Campus Compact, then it was Maryland DC, you know, it yes. evolved. <laughs> but, it evolved. Um, we were able to get VISTAS through what was um, a regional campus compact entity. Uh, mm -hmm. And so we, you know, that office had VISTAS every year from 2007 until I left, we had mm -hmm. VISTAS and we really used VISTA to incubate. So we would bring a VISTA mm -hmm. into a project. They do it for the three-year cycle. And then it would kind of morph into being a student-led effort. So um, for example, we did a lot of food related projects. Um, so a VISTA would come and like help launch a campus kitchen chapter, which is a food recovery mm -hmm. program for college students and work with those leaders for three years. And at the end of three years, it would just be left in the hands and then the students would take it on and mm -hmm. it would become sustainable. So we really leveraged VISTAs to help grow our office. Um, and also because you know, these experiences are supposed to be self-sustaining. You know, yes. that's the thing, but it's supposed to be self-sustaining. Um, <laughs> though sometimes yeah. it's hard to do that when you come to rely on um, having business, but totally um, that's kind of how we leverage business in that service. But it's, it's a great way if it's used correctly to like produce new programs yep. and not necessarily put it on the staff to have to, and then the VISTA member has the experience, mm -hmm. just like you had your experience, just like I left my service year, yeah. like understanding the importance of, oh, I don't know, connections. Funny, yeah. I called them <laughs> connections and networking. It's like, oh, well, I can get anything done if I know the right people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, and then the organization um, that Gia is talking about, it's called Transform Mid-Atlantic. Right. and. I actually work for them right now. Um, they uh, host Vista amongst many things. Um, they do host Vistas on campuses in the Maryland, DC, um, Delaware, and we have a Vista in West Virginia. Um, oh, cool. We have a program out there. So I don't know if they have awesome. a Vista yet. So, That's and great. then we'll circle back around because you're not at Johns Hopkins anymore. Right. You're at a different university and yeah. you guys are recruiting for Vistas, uh, right? We are. Yes, we are. Yeah. yeah so you did you were at Johns Hopkins for quite some time and yep. um, discovered that, you know, developing community service in, uh, projects for um, students was something that was hitting home for you. Yeah. Um, you did something before you went to Loyola and. Correct. Yes. <laughs> right. And actually this is also where Morgan state comes in because okay. halfway in my time at Johns Hopkins, I start working a lot with faculty on helping them build for credit mm -hmm. opportunities with community partners. And I was surrounded by all these professors that had doctorates. 
And I thought, oh, if I want to kind of climb in higher ed, I think I need a doctorate. And so that's when I thought, okay, I should probably go back. So this is like 2012. I started mm-hmm. Morgan State, which is a great program in their public health school for working professionals. So it's a rare program where I actually got to work full time still and was able to go to school at night. So I did that. And again, that public health thing, right? So I yeah. said, what do I want to go back to school for? And it, you know, people were recommending that you have to do something that you really care about. Like, don't just, mm-hmm. you know, go back to go back. Check the box. There's because, no checking yeah. the boxes. It's a, right, right. Doctoral program. Because it's a long haul and you, you got to really love it. And I said, well, I really still care about public health. <laughs> so I went back to get a public health degree. Um, because even though it really didn't make a lot of sense for what I was doing in that moment, um, mm-hmm. most of my peers were going back for higher ed degrees because in higher ed, people would go back and get education doctorates. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm just going to go get a DRPH <laughs> uh, because I'm still interested in it. And, yeah. you know, I, I still, you know, have an interest in this, this health piece. So, um, so I did that. Um, so and did was, you enjoy it? Was it, was it yeah. worth it? Yeah, no, absolutely. And Good. Morgan, their faculty were really community engaged. And mm-hmm. um, I had great experiences in the field there with their prevention science research center. And um, it was actually I did my research on like a tobacco anti tobacco effort. Mm. which again, like, that's not what I was doing in my career at the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a community-based participatory research program. And that's why I um, was drawn to it. Uh, mm-hmm. It just happened to be tobacco related. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, that was a great experience. So I was kind of walking myself through a doctoral program my last, you know, five or six years at Hopkins. Okay. Um, so I, and I left Hopkins because I was about to earn that degree and I wanted to leverage it for mm-hmm. the next level of my career to be a director mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, such, just such a great um, portfolio of, of higher education institutions. And then you ended up, this is where we kind of intersected. Right, I think yeah, I was leaving, right. I think yeah. I was leaving Volunteer Maryland when you all, um, UMB Cures Scholars Program, so University of Maryland, Baltimore. Yep. Um, and for those folks who are maybe listen to the episode with uh, Shade Harrison, yes. which I think released last week, um, actually Gia and I think Shade mentioned Gia's um, supervision and, and how much you guys really, she just enjoyed the, the experience and Gia was her supervisor um, when Shade was an AmeriCorps member. So tell right. us a little bit about UMB Cures and your yeah. experience. So I left Hopkins and I, at the time I wanted something that, because I was getting this public health degree, I was trying to make sense of having this public health background, but still wanting to be in higher education. And so, and that's a hard combination, like service learning, public health, like, so um, it just so happened the executive director role um, at UMB was open. And I thought, well, this is, it's different because it's K-12 youth. Like I've been working with college students for a really long time. Um, and so it was a little bit of a pivot to work with younger children um, full-time and over a hundred of them. 
um but I was like well it's it's a great combination of like the health you know health related piece and still working for an anchor institution uh, Mm -hmm. which University of Maryland Baltimore is and so I did that for almost three years um and it was a great experience different um and it was also during the pandemic which was really tough um working with youth in the pandemic and you know, it was, it was challenging, but it was also rewarding, but super challenging because of the pandemic. Um, but yes, there, Sade was there when I got there and Sade was actually finishing her AmeriCorps year and had actually just been converted to full-time staff. The AmeriCorps is just magical in that yes. way. I, I was also hired on at my site, um, after my, my service year, I was serving in a, in a park in Anne Arundel County, and it was one park. It was Quiet Waters Park. And after my service year, I went to the director of Anne Arundel County and I said, hey, I built out this program at your one regional park. Can I do it for the entire county for all wow. the regional parks? Nice. And he's like, sure. <laughs> so I worked at my site for like three years. Wow. Um, and, then you know, that's the power of AmeriCorps, right? It's almost yeah. like you're you're in a one-year interview mm-hmm. with your site, you know, it can be, and it doesn't always end up that way, right? Like right. some of our smaller organizations or even the high higher education institutions, there's only so many yes. positions yes. available. So, um, but sometimes it, it works out. And another um, intersection in our life, who I'm going to have on the podcast in June, hopefully, is John P- John Polinsky. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yep. So yep. He, he is just a rock star in all yes. things. So I, after I spoke with Sade, I was texting John. I'm like, you need to be on this podcast. Yeah, no, he should. <laughs> yes, because he's he's an alum as well. I think it was City Year um, is where right. he served in Chicago. So anyways, you're at UMB Cures. Um, yes, and, um, you know, doing a lot in the pandemic, we had to take a program that had been staged in person online. So we had to create a virtual version of our program for um all these different groups of youth and I was hiring people in the pandemic and telling them that they had to scaffold virtual programming from scratch. Um, and so it was, it was definitely a challenging time. Um, another interesting AmeriCorps thing was, so Sade got to hire an AmeriCorps member and that AmeriCorps member we brought on as permanent staff as I was leaving. He converted oh over. Was, um, who this was This is that? Ben Gorski. Okay. Yep. Okay. Who um he's volunteer mail or most? I think he is. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but right, so it happened again <laughs> because Sade left. Right. And then Ben kind of took her place, so to mm-hmm. speak. So yes. Um, so yeah, that happened twice, which was interesting. Yeah. That's so cool. I and maybe maybe we can have a reunion, you and be curious right? reunion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And one of the one of the things, if I remember correctly, with the UMB Cures, essentially it was um, a middle schooler would be mentored by volunteers, like a group of volunteers. Yeah. So I can imagine that that feeling of being in person and having that contact was just so different. Right. And the, right. these these kids during the pandemic, I my heart went out to them because, like, they you know, as adults, we can get through like zoom meetings like back to back to back to back but yep. as kids it's like no right, right, right. I, i'm not doing this yes <laughs> so yes. good for you though yeah and actually so the the americorps members were volunteer coordinators so their job was to figure out 
you know, how do we do this virtually? How do we take what was a really hands-on program and still connect students with mentors um, in that virtual format? And it was it was challenging. We had little squares on the screen and then like a mentor's there, but they can't really yes. you know, interact in that same way. But um, but they managed to, to figure it out. Um, but that was a challenge for our VISTAs uh, yeah. at the time. We, we all just tried to make it work during yes. that pandemic, yes, that's for sure. Yeah. So um, so now you're at another Maryland Institute, um, yep. uh, Loyola University. Is it Loyola? Loyola University, Maryland, yes. Lo Loyola University, Maryland, right. And yes. um, again, our paths are right <laughs> intersecting yeah, um, it's a small world it's a small yeah it, it's very <laughs> much the the law of attraction right yes. like the people you just keep coming back to yeah. and what's cool is um you can always go back to someone that is reliable you know yes. that like we can get this project done um we'll jump through all of the hoops and do all of the things so you're doing a similar position um with them you're the executive director for the yep. center for community service and justice and the York yeah. Road Institute. Yeah. So let's talk about that. And then we right. can also talk about how you guys are recruiting for an AmeriCorps. We member. are, yes, for two of them. Um, and so, right. So I'm at UMB and um, pandemic is really hard. I'm like, you know, like a lot of EDs in the pandemic, it's like, I gotta, yes. <laughs> you know, like it's not even personal. It's just like, you just like, yes. Um, and also I kind of miss the variety, you know, so these service learning centers, um, you're kind of a jack of all trades, like you're covering issues from, you know, the environment to, you know, education, the criminal justice. So you're kind of dealing with all sorts of issues. And with Cura, I had kind of been really mm. honed in on one program, really hands-on, really in the weeds on one thing. And I kind of missed the mm -hmm. variety of a center. And wanted to kind of get back to something that was a little broader and, um, and a little more strategic. And so um, started another job search, which a higher ed job search, by the way, for people listening is actually really difficult. It's like these interviews are like, you know, all day and, you know, it's, so you're trying to job search and run a program and, you know. Yeah. Um, I had an interview at University Baltimore um, in their, in the University of Baltimore, their law, um, school. And it was all day. It was all day. And it was with every person that I was going to come in contact with or possibly work with. I finished with interviewing with the provost with, which this was like, so out of my, out right. of my wheelhouse. Yeah. I was like, I don't even know how, what, how to refer to you, sir. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right, right, like right. it was so, and then they like took me out to lunch and I thought it was like, chill time but I realized no 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 this is actually part of the interview like like keep keep up yes, yeah keep it going woman I'm like I'm so tired <laughs> prepares you for higher ed that's what yeah. it's like no it's not and, and also something that um I'm also learning the new position with transform in Atlantic and we can talk about here is that like something you had mentioned earlier was that the community service um like programming on campuses is in different areas yes 
on all different universities, right? Like it might be in admissions at one university, but it mm-hmm. might be in the school of public policy yes. in another. Um, and you're working with like cross-campus connections and and students. So it's it's not a position for the the week. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm at Loyola University now and their um, Center for Community Service and Justice we are celebrating our 30th anniversary this year. Oh, wow. So long track yes. record of community engagement at Loyola. And um, we're kind of the one stop for all things community engagement. And we also house the York Road Initiative, which is this community development arm of the center, which works with community partners in a two mile radius um, off of this commercial corridor called York Road in North Baltimore, um, which is why it's called the York Road Initiative. It centers around this very narrow geography. Um, and we have VISTAs. So VISTAs um, have played an instrumental role in the work we do. So we run a farmer's market. Uh, we also have other food access programs. And um, at different times, we've had VISTAs tied to our York Road Initiative doing this kind of concentrated place-based work. So we're currently recruiting for one for our food access work because we're trying to expand that. Um, and we're also recruiting for a schools-based VISTA uh, to help with a program that launched in the pandemic called the Community Engaged Literacy Program, mm. which is a partnership with our School of Education uh, and Aspire um, offices. So uh, yeah, we're excited. Come work for Loyola. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Do your service here at Loyola. I'll make sure that the links are in the um, show notes for great both on the podcast and for the YouTube channel as well. So that they can check out um, the opportunity and will they be working with you then? So they'll be working with our um, program coordinator of our York Road Initiative um, who oversees food access issues and then mm-hmm. our associate director that's going to be overseeing the, the youth portion. So that's great. Yeah. And Loyal is a, a beautiful campus. So yes. Yeah. Many of um, many of soccer state soccer games <laughs> the Loyola campus interesting okay. and fun fact I could when I used to work um in the government I keep saying fun fact I'm so <laughs> um, <It is> fun. <laughs> I, yeah I used to work on Preston Street on the in on the 15th floor and I could see the antenna on the on the campus uh, wow. from my office window so it was a beautiful view yes so anyways um wow this has been such a you know it's it seems like it was just laid out for you right like oh we'll do this and this and we'll you know we'll get a degree in environmental studies and then we'll look into public health and and then everything kind of intertwined and it seems like for a lot of the americorps alumni that i've i've spoken to it it seems like the path just unfolds Mm -hmm. for us and it's like oh this is where i'm supposed to be and we also are able to take our skills and pivot or change or you know, strategically think about what we're doing next. So mm-hmm. um, I can imagine you're staying put for a while. You got a lot of work to do. We yeah. have a project in June. You can't go yes, anywhere. We do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anything else that you want to share? Anything else that you're up to? Um, you know, anything that you want to share with the audience? Um, no, just like if if you are considering doing AmeriCorps, um, I recommend it for everyone. Um, 
even people that feel like they're at the end of their careers, mm -hmm. uh, we're seeing more and more kind of retired people doing national service. So it's really just an enriching program and, and a great way to get exposure to something that you maybe you've never done before or deepen your skills in an area. So just big fan of public service and, and really excited to have been on the show today. Yeah, thank you so much. And I just want to double back on people who are later in their their um, life doing AmeriCorps. You know, it, it had been branded as a 20-something-year-old, mm -hmm. not knowing what they want to do with their life. But yep. I served when I was like 35 years old. Yep. And yeah. it gave me the skills. It gave me the skills. And I always say the number one thing it gave me was confidence. Confidence yep. that believing in myself that I could get a project done, that I could create something, you know, somebody could say, we need a, we need, we want an oyster project, you mm -hmm. know, and we want volunteers to take care of it. And then, and I'm like, how am I going to do that? Right. And then after a year of being able to do it now, I feel like I'm in a position of, well, more than a year after doing that, but now, you know, it gave me the confidence of being able to say yes to things. Yeah truly knowing that I would figure out how to make it work because we just get things done. That's what yeah. AmeriCorps members yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> so my final question for you is, um, as I'm wrangling in these AmeriCorps alumni and we're kind of pulling together our connections, what is this something, a big thing that you think, or even a small thing that you think we could do as a group? I mean, there's more than a million of us who've gone through service. Is there anything you can think of that like maybe we should put on our radar? I think, you know, mentoring people coming out of service years. So I've worked with a lot of transitioning VISTAs because they'll do a year or they'll do two years. And then they're often kind of trying to figure out what the next step is. And what a great network to have access to just the, the alumni network, even in their immediate, you know, geography, um, because so many of them are looking for jobs or trying to figure out how to discover what to do next with their, their year and their benefits. Um, mm -hmm. You know, some yeah. of them forget that they've got the government preferred hiring, but, you know, like, yes. um, and then, you know, maybe they'll go on for grad school, but they're not sure. So I think, you know, trying to figure out how to more systematically um, connect our you know, alumni uh, to the, the transitioning business, I think would be valuable. Yeah, that's a great idea. I love that idea. A couple of alumni have have mentioned mentoring or, you know, pairing up with an AmeriCorps member that's coming out of service. Um, service Year Alliance is doing. Um, they have a new alumni corner. Oh, cool. Um, so they that's a that's a place to go to get some of this um, higher like networking sort of things. And mm -hmm. and I know that they're working on building out a, a alumni network community. Great. So I'll I'll drop that into the show notes also if people are interested in, in signing great. up and join the AmeriCorps alumni LinkedIn group because yes. there's a lot of job opportunities there. Like yeah. there's so many alumni looking to hire alumni. So yeah. um Gia, this was such a great conversation. I'm really um so grateful that you gave me your time and um, I, I, this was just a great conversation. So thank you all for listening. And um, until I um, get to chat with another AmeriCorps alum, enjoy the episodes and have a great day. Thanks so much.